Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Nesbitt Connection podcast. Uh, this is what I guess you could say is the January edition. It's the first one of uh, 2022. And I just want to thank everybody you know, for your continued support. It's great to see there's so many actual people listening and enjoying what, you know, what I have to say. Uh, before I start, though, I just want to take a minute and share with you one of the highlights, we'll say, since my last uh, recording of my last podcast. I had a gentleman message me one night, actually, on Instagram, and he thanked me, he says, for speaking his language when it comes to leadership. And you see, that's my goal. Whenever I you know, record this podcast or whenever I do training, you know, one of the first things I always tell the group is that, you know, my goal isn't to come in here and talk lawyer talk and use a whole bunch of great big words that you don't understand. You know, I want to make sure that the stuff we that, that, you know, that I discuss or the stuff I try to teach is simple and we can apply it and, and, and use it in everyday life. So, of course, you know, but the thing is, is, you know, hopefully there's going to be a few tips here that we can all learn from because at the end of the day, the goal is, you know, we all just want to be a little bit better tomorrow than we are today. And if I can do that at all with this podcast, well, then I've, I think I've won. This, but this podcast, it's, it's going to be somewhat unique because I, I want to kind of just kind of cover the basics of, you know, what does attracting and retaining people have to do with great food? Uh, you know, I think, it, you know, we can all learn, you know, so much from other businesses. You know, they, they don't necessarily have to be the same industry as us. I, I'm continually amazed at some of the things that I can learn from other businesses. I spent, uh, as you know, I spent, you know, 30 or 35 years crushing rock being in the, in the quarry business. And, you know, there's a lot that can be learned, you know, from retail, from restaurants and everything that can be applied, you know, even in, in that type of business. I, I just I ought to point this out because this to me has been, you know, what kind of spurred the theme of this podcast. And that is, you know, I love a great hamburger. You know, who doesn't love a great hamburger? You know, and the thing is, is that, you know, you got to ask the question, what is it that makes them so great? You know, what makes it the one that you want to eat? You know, even people, when they say we shouldn't be eating them, you know, they, I, I, you know, I still do. And I'm sometimes not so much interested in what the experts have to say because lately there's been a lot of these experts will say have lost a lot of credibility and they're losing it by the hour. And you know, I heard a saying one time that I really like it that says, you know, we can sound right without being right. And I think that's some, you know, with some of the stuff going on in the world today, you know, that, that's something that, you know, we've got to think about. In the last six months or so, there's been two new ham, two new uh, we'll call it hamburger joints, open up in our neighborhood, and I'm not here to try and, and sell one, and I'm not here to make the other one look bad. Uh, that's not the goal. However, you know, you do have to ask the question: Why is it that one has customers lined up to get in the other in the door, and the other one is empty? You know, what's the difference? You know, why is that? Why is it that you, the one, you, you, it's lined up and, and the place is packed and, and the other one, you go in there and there's never anybody there? Because you got to remember, we vote with our feet. And, and, and I want to kind of share an example with this is if, you know, if, if you're questioning maybe, you know, what we can learn, maybe from other businesses or whatnot. And if it's, you know, Sam Walton, who was the original owner of Walmart, he was famous for visiting competitor stores. And look where Walmart is today. Because you got to remember, you know, I, I love the saying, it says, you know, there's nothing new except what's forgotten. Because, you know, I, I'm always surprised that, you know, I, I know what I have to do. Oh, God, I forgot doing that. 
You know, I stopped doing that. That's always been my biggest, mis- you know, one of my biggest problems. I don't know what to do when I stopped doing it. Because the thing is, you know, some of us, you know, the best learning we can do is at the, you know, is by others' mistakes. You know, we can watch other companies you know, make mistakes and we can learn from that. And the thing is, you know, it comes down to, you know, why is it some people or some companies have enough great people and others don't? You know, there are some that are, we see that are just downright desperate for people. And, and others, you ask them, now I've got to be honest with you, there's very few. Uh, the others, you say, you got enough? Yeah, we're getting by. We have enough. But others, like they need like, you know, it's not uncommon for a place that has, you know, 50 or 60 people employed. They say they need 20 people and they can't get one. And why is that? So let's get back to the, the, the theme of this with, with a hamburger, because I think there's a lot we can learn from something as simple as a hamburger place. You know, and just to compare things, both of these hamburger uh, places, will say, are chains. The one, though, is obviously a lot smaller. They had, I would say, less than 10 locations, and they're basically in Ontario only. And the other uh, hamburger place, they've got 25 locations in Canada, but they're very big in the States. You know, they both make hamburgers. That's pretty simple. You know, they both have, you know, the usual French fries and you know, the onion rings. Now, the, the interesting thing is, is we'll say the place is lined up. They have what I would call homemade fries. And the other one we did say is just, you know, the, the, the freezer fries they just put in the deep fryer and serve. So there's a difference there. But, but the, 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 the one, though, that we'll say is a bigger chain has what I call cookie cutter hamburgers. You know, they all look the same. You walk in, you look at the picture, and you order from the picture, and of course, the, 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 everything's perfect. The patty's perfectly rounded. It, it, it's amazing how perfect it is. And the thing is, the one thing that this, that's different here, because there's, there's a lot of differences, and it boils down to how we run our businesses. These two places, they run their business somewhat separate. Uh, the, the place will say with, with the more of the franchises, we'll call it the bigger chain. The owner's always in the store. Very rarely you drive by or you go there, and the owner is not in the store. And you can tell that because whenever you drive by, the owner and his wife take up the first two parking spots just outside the door. So they come first, not the customer. And that's like a giant billboard. And I'm the type of guy, I watch that stuff pretty closely. Sometimes I'll just drive by to see if he's parked in the front door, if the cars are there, and, and sure enough, they are. Well, one time, I guess it was the only time my wife wanted to eat there, we went in and we sat down and, and we, we literally watched four senior citizens have to park, you know, quite a ways away and you know, hobble their way in the door to have a hamburger while the owner was parked out front. You know, I, I'm continually amazed at how many people in retail take the best parking and don't leave it for the customers. But, you know, that's another podcast for another day. That's just, you know, simple basics 101. Uh, the, the, the interesting thing is the place that, that, that's always uh, what I call packed has very little parking and the lot is always full. And whenever I go to pick up my meal, uh, uh, I have to park in a no parking zone because there's no parking, but it's worth it. I'll take the risk to have such a good burger. And, and the thing is, is that, you know, th- their burgers and fries are just that good. It's worth the risk. And, and to make anything great, it needs to be special. Normal doesn't work. You know, we never brag to our friends about normal. You know, nobody wants to hear what it's like to watch beige paint dry. You know, the ingredients of, uh, uh, you know, the best ingredients make the best hamburger. You know, we all know what quality looks and tastes like. You know, you, you can make a hamburger so cheap, nobody will eat it. 
And what happens when you put too much stuff on? Well, of course, it just falls off and make a mess. You know, too much sauce has been the ruination of more good clothes. Uh, you know, I, I, you can't believe many clothes I've thrown out from stuff dropping on them driving on the road. Just like you can make a hamburger so cheap, you know, that nobody will eat it, you could also be so cheap that nobody will want to work for you. And the interesting thing is, is that, you know, uh, sometimes you've got to be frugal in business and you have to be very careful and you can't waste money. But, but if, if we're, we'll say, a little bit too cheap, everybody knows it. And that's one of the first things that, that the people or the employees talk about. And the thing is, is you can always tell when a meal is made very cheap and you can always tell, you know, a cheap employer a mile away. You know, we can often spot those companies. You know, there's also, of course, you know, a lot of companies who I think have a lot of waste. You know, and there is always, you know, there is waste also making a mess in those companies. And, and that may never be cleaned up. You know, a lot of the times you see, you, know, you see companies, unfortunately, not around anymore because of waste and nobody cares. So, of course, that's not good either. So this is, you know, again, we can learn a lot from, you know, how to make a hamburger. You know, we don't want to have waste. And, of course, you do not want a culture, though, when something happens... You have to, you know, spend money to fix it. You know, it, it, you got to learn and ask the question sometimes. You know, what would I do if I didn't have any money? You know, I, I had a kind of, kind of a conversation with a gentleman one time, and he told me he says, you know, Mark, he says lessons cost money, and he said good lessons cost lots. And boy, you know, that's one of those ones I wrote that down as soon as I heard it because they're so good. You know, lessons cost money, and good lessons cost lots. You know, quality is something that needs to be the part of every leader's culture. You know, if you are a leader, you are creating the culture you want. You know, that's up to us. You know, us as leaders, we create the culture. We're the ones that say, hey, look, follow me. And, and the thing is with culture, some culture is something that, you know, it's a bit like the wind. You may never see it, but boy, you sure can feel it and you know it's there. So last night, uh, and that's kind of what spurred this on, my, my mother, she loves the poutine from this place. So I went down, I got a poutine for my mother, and I got a hamburger and overhead you know, dinner with my mother because of COVID. We don't get to see each other as much. But when I went in there last night, you know, I counted six young people flipping hamburgers. And what was kind of interesting about this is there was not a person there over 30. Uh, you know, all we'll call it, you know, younger people. There was no supervision, and they looked to be having fun. So much fun that two of the, the, the young gentlemen flipping burgers are wearing shorts, and it just, looked like a fun place to work. I have never seen the owner there. You know, they have, they have what appears to be a great culture. Everyone was having fun. And the interesting thing is I want to point out here is that, you know, they were all very busy with no chance of getting bored. And, I, and I, the reason I want to point that out is boredom causes trouble with any age group, particularly, you know, I, I think young people. I know when I was a teenager, every time I got in trouble, I was bored. And, 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 and look, I look back now and, hey, I have nothing else to do, so I, I did that and I got in trouble. And the funny thing is, is you know, some things, you know, we never outgrow. So what does all this have to do with leadership and retaining your people? You may be asking, you know, so far, maybe all I've done has made you hungry. But hopefully I've made you hungry enough to look at what you're doing as a leader. You know, what you're doing as a business owner, you know, are you taking the time to study and learn from other businesses? You know, you, you need to ask yourself this question. Am I the hamburger everyone wants to eat? You know, the funny part of all this is, is I couldn't even tell you if there was a price difference in these two hamburger places. I could care less. I just want a great hamburger. I don't want a normal burger. 
You know, in Canada here, you know, if you want a good steak, we typically go to the keg. And the keg, they're known for making a great steak. And of course, the last time you waited the keg, if you waited the keg, you know, I'd like to throw this out there. Did you ask for a discount? Of course not. Your, your meal was great and you paid full pop. You know, and that's the way it is. You know, we want to spend money. We're not, a pay, not afraid, you know, to pay for quality. But boy, if the quality isn't there, that's when there's a bit of an issue. Let's just kind of switch from, uh, have a little bit of fun here. We'll, we'll switch from beef to chicken, shall we? Uh, I, I have studied and learned from Chick-fil-A. You, you have to admit, they are a true success story. And some of my Canadian listeners and Canadian friends, uh, you know, you may not know much about Chick-fil-A. Uh, I have studied them at great length. I've probably read two or three books. I've listened to a couple of audio books. And, um, I, and I think what they do is just simply amazing. So we can learn a lot from Chick-fil-A. Am I saying they're perfect? No, I'm not saying they're perfect. I'm just saying we can learn a lot from them. And the thing is, is, you know, if you don't know, you know, the story of Chick-fil-A, I think it's quite a success story. Right now they have, according to the research I just got off of Google before I started this podcast, they have very, very close to 2,800 restaurants. And the interesting thing is, is that they own all the stores. They own all the brick and mortar and they sell the franchises. So imagine owning 2,800 buildings. That's a lot. And the other fascinating thing about this is, is that most owners are only allowed to own one franchise. And on a, on, so on a rare occasion, if you've got a standalone franchise, they may say, give you another franchise for a mall, a smaller one. <clears throat> and the reason for that is, is that they want the owners in the store. They know that to have a successful operation, you know, they want the people in the store. Because, you know, what happens when, you know, if, if there's no leader there, well, then sometimes, you know, things get, uh, you know, they, they don't go as good or professional as, as they'd like to see. You know, they're primarily in the States, a few opening up in Canada. But I think it's interesting to, to point out here that the revenue for 2019 was over $11 billion. That's billion with a B. And they're family owned. And the last I heard, they were debt free. And, and I did, what's interesting is when I did the research on this is that they were founded uh, May the 23rd, and which, uh, that's my mother's birthday. And my mother was five years old, you know, when, when Chick-fil-A started. So that kind of just shows you just how they've grown in the, in, the, in, the, in the time my mother's been around. And I think that's just something incredible on its own. You know, the reason I bring this up is that, you know, their philosophy, it must be working. Yeah, because what they're doing is working. You got to remember, success leaves clues. You know, if we stop and look for them. But, you know, sometimes both success and failures have big neon signs and we fail to notice them. You know, we walk right past the blinking lights. You know, the, and the whole kind of point of this is that I want to bring up the you know, Truett Cathy was the original owner of uh, Chick-fil-A. And I heard this story, and you can hear it as well, too, in the Andy Stanley podcast. And, of course, in the couple of books I read on Chick-fil-A, I've, I've heard the same story. And, and I don't want to bore you with details, but you know, many, many years ago, probably 15, 20 years ago, um, Chick-fil-A looked like they had a competitor who was gaining market share on them. And, and, and Chick-fil-A, you know, one of the reasons, of course, they were so successful 
is they always worked on developing leaders. You know, they, they were working on the future leaders, not on the next quarter's profits. You know, so here they were, they're trying to develop these leaders and try to grow their business. And all of a sudden they had this competitor, you know, who at that time, you know, looked like there was actually gaining on them. So it had them a little bit nervous and they, they, they got all the, you know, the, we'll call it the, you know, the, 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 the head people from the company, the money people, and then the people that they like, there was some family involved too. Uh, and they brought them into this meeting in, in this boardroom and they were trying to discuss, you know, some strategies, what they can do to grow their business and, and not have this other uh, company beat them. And like I said, I'm just repeating the story that I've heard, read a couple of times. You know, after a few hours of discussions and, and some real good ideas brought out, you know, Truett Cathy, the owner of the company, and I got a lot of respect for Truett because Truett was not a politician. You know, he was a leader. He just got things done. And he, he very, you know, from what I see and heard, a very, very kind man, and, and he's very straightforward, and that's what we need. You know, so after, you know, Truett got a little bit impatient with these people, he just said, look, it. he said, if we become better our customers will demand will become bigger. Let me just repeat that. He said, if we become better, our customers will demand we become bigger. And that was all it took. That right there was the secret to their growth at Chick-fil-A. You know, it, 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 of course, it created the goal of becoming better. It became their North Star, something to head towards. You know, unfortunately, you know, if you ask some people, you know, who are working today about companies, they look, you know, what are you all about here? What's the company about? You know, all they're going to say is profit. Now, of course, you know, we need profit. I understand that. But that's not really an ideal motivation for the boots on the ground. So whether you're making a chicken sandwich or building roads, you know, you need to look at your philosophy because, of course, your philosophy, that's what fuels your culture. You know, you could very well be making the countries, you know, the best precast light poles and crushing up asphalt for recycling. You know, you could be building homes or, or plowing snow off the roads to keep us all safe. You know, you very well could be working in a hospital saving lives. But the same principles apply. This stuff is really easy when you keep it simple. You know, as leaders, you know, though we sometimes can't see the culture because, you know, I, you know, I remember a friend of mine, he passed on now, he told me one time, he says, Mark, he says, you'll never see the picture when you're in the frame. And unfortunately, when we're leaders, sometimes we don't see the culture of the place. You know, just like painters never smell the paint. So, of course, if you work on becoming better for your customers, you know, they will demand to become bigger. And, of course, that's a great goal, something to work towards. I just you know, I want to point this out here because I think there's never been a greater time for some of us to have to do this. Uh, everyone you talk to in business today is facing what we'll call very, very challenging times. It's no kid's game to operate a business. You know, I, I just to give you an example. I remember when I was a kid, uh, a truck drivers were everywhere you looked. So there was just, a, you know, everybody was a truck driver. I remember at that time there was some, uh, this lady I knew that worked at this employment agency told me, she said, Mark, she said, laborers are the most common job description there is. Like that's the most common job in the industry. And the second one was truck drivers. So, of course, there were lots of truck drivers. And today, however, you, not, you cannot find a truck driver. You know, you, you cannot. 
And, and of course, it's one of those things that you got to ask the question of why are there any truck drivers? And, you know, there's a whole lot of you know, reasons for that, I think. And I don't want to get off on a political event here, but I was at a, a breakfast meeting one time. I was at the Chamber of Commerce. And... They had this speaker there who was, I believe, one of the vice, one of the VPs at, at one of the major banks in Canada, and he said something that day. And I'm telling you, I wrote this down because it was so good. He said companies are doing everything they can to speed up, and it's true. Every company you go to, they're trying to become better, and they want to become better, and then they're trying to speed up because they got to beat the competition. And then he finished it by saying, you know, and the government is doing everything they can to slow businesses down. And boy, there's a lot of truth to that. You know, unfortunately, you know, we get so busy just trying to run a business and try to find people and to try to, you know, to, to follow all the safety stuff and the procedures and whatnot. We get so busy that we forget to try and improve. And, and, and I've seen it and it can be very challenging. And then, of course, there's never been a greater time demand on leaders than there is today. It'll be because everybody's short-staffed, everybody's doing the work of like one and a half people. And, of course, if you're in a leadership position, you know, you're scrambling sometimes because you're short people. You're actually doing the job because somebody called in sick. So you got to do their job. Plus, you got to try and lead the place. And so there's never been, I think, a greater demand today for leaders and people than there is right now. Now, unfortunately, no, we're so busy putting out fires, you know, we haven't got the time to turn off the fuel source of the fire. And, and the, the interesting thing is, is, you know, there's usually only about a half dozen things that make away 80% of the difference in a business. You know, we don't have to do a whole lot sometimes. Uh, you know, I, I'll give an example, you know. Sometimes attention is the greatest gift you can give. You know, you've got some rock stars on your team. You've got people on your team. You know, sometimes, you know, we just got to take the time, you know, you, you, you know, to walk around and say, hi, look at how you doing. How's the family doing? And, and, you know, the funny thing is, is, you know, if you ever go for a drive, you know, you, you, when you go for a drive, I can promise you that you have never been too busy to stop and get gas. And we have to kind of keep that same attitude with our people. You know, we can't be too busy that we don't stop and kind of help fill their tank. Because, of course, you know, we always think with our emotions. You know, so let's get a look at this here. You know, so, so what are some of what you call the byproducts of trying to become better? You know, what will happen if you create a better workplace for your people to come to every day? Of course, the place they feel good about. You, you want to become the hamburger they want to eat. Well, one of the things that happens is, of course, is you create a better place to work. You know, the, you, your people become happier, you know, don't they? And if they become happier, do you think they'll stick around? You know, I, I've heard it said that, you know, you treat them like family, they'll act like family. And boy, there's a lot of truth to that. You know, because I'm from the country, I like using, you know, kind of sayings out the farm. And the thing is, you know, a happy cow always gives more milk. But, you know, the interesting thing is, is the problem with cows is they never stay milked. You know, we got to do everything we can to keep our people happy. We just can't go by once every six months and say, hey, look, at doing a great job. Glad you're here. That, that doesn't work. You know, you look at a dairy farm, they have to milk cows daily. You know, and the thing is, is that there has always been a buyer for the best. 
So if you've got something that's good and a good place to work for, there's always people who are going to buy it. But at the same time, if you've got a good place to work, you're, you're going to find you know that you can get people. And of course, if they become happier, do you think they're going to tell their friends? Of course they will. You know, the best people want to work with the best people. And I'll give an example. You have no idea how many people I have referred to what you call my new favorite hamburger spot because it's just so good. I've referred people. You know, Edward Deming... You know, he was a very, very smart man. If you've never heard of Edward Deming, he's, I, I, I encourage you to kind of look up his material. He literally changed the nation of Japan with some of his thinking and his, and his philosophy and principles. But he said, you know, if we are unhappy with a product, we'll all tell our friends and enemies. And boy, isn't that true? Like negativity is always louder than positivity. You know, I bet there isn't a person listening who hasn't been so upset with a product or service that you didn't tell the whole world how upset you were. And, and, and just you know, this is some of these stories that I have, you know, you couldn't make up if you tried. I, uh, I was doing some work one time, but the, uh, like I, I do a lot of on-site training with companies, you know, different size groups. And then quite often I'll, when the training is, the formal training is on, I'll actually go out to the job site and, and work with the leaders. You know, hey, look, at how's, how's it going today? And just see the struggles they're facing. So, of course, I went to this one site one day and I came, I, I, I came home and it was, I would say, mid-afternoon and I had mud in my boots. And let's just say my wife has got me very, very well trained that I do not wear my muddy boots into the house. So I get out of the car and I walked out onto the street to clean the mud off my boots. And it just so happened there was a garbage truck parked there because it was garbage day. And the driver of the truck had got out and he was just taking a bit of a break. I walked up to him because I'd seen this guy. He's you know, picked up our garbage for a number of years and he just seemed like a good guy. You know, I always waved to him and if I was around, I kind of helped him put the garbage in the truck and he's just a good guy. So I said to him, I says, you know, how is it working here? And he said, uh, he said, uh, he said, you got no idea how many hours I got to work. And I said, well, why is that? He said, well, there's no drivers. He said, we can't get garbage truck drivers. He said, so because of that, he says, I, I work so much. I don't see my family. He said, the money's good. And, and then he, you know, this guy went off, a nice guy. And he, he really will say he spilled his guts with me of what it was like to drive a garbage truck. So I said to him, I says, you know, I said, I work with this one company and I and I said, they do work. It's indoors. It's a first class operation. I said, so much so that they've adopted some of these principles that, uh, you know, that, that, that I think were fantastic. The world class place. And he said, don't talk to me about that place. He said, I worked there and it was terrible. And I said, oh, I said, well, the interesting thing is, is I, I'm, they, I think they recognized that they, you know, they had to improve. So I said, I'm actually doing, you know, been doing some leadership training there. And, and they've came a long ways. I said, you may want to give them a second chance. But the reason I point this out is that, you know, with social media today, uh, you know, things travel at the speed of a click. So if somebody, say, is not happy with your place, of course, they're going to tell all their friends. You know, they're posted on Facebook or whatever. And, and this is why we have to do everything we can, you know, to make sure that the, the constant messaging, you know, that we're doing is good. You know, because people, you know, of course, they vote with their feet. And of course, you know, we all need to have to learn to keep our ears to the ground. You know, if people aren't happy with our hamburger, well, we got to change something. And I think I say, you know, we need to kind of remember we can lead an organization with the questions we asked. 
uh, you know, so Andy Stanley does a really good short little video on this. You can find it on YouTube. And, you know, he, he said every time you walk in, you've got to be asking the same question. You know, what, what can we do to make your job easier? Is there something we can do to make your job safer? What, what, what you know, what can we do to make you happier here? And you just keep asking those same questions. Sure enough, people are going to tell you what you need to hear. So I just, you know, I, I, I want to throw that out. Like running a business, you know, today is a lot like making good food. And I want to share with you, I think it's so important, you know, we can learn from other industries. And we just got to learn to apply, obviously, what we learn. So I just want to end this podcast with, of course, with one of my favorite sayings. You got to remember the goal is to always be just a little bit better tomorrow than we are today. Thank you so much for listening and please take the time to give us a rating and we'll catch you in February. 